That was When Life Gives You Lemons, Have a Party. Thank you so much for joining us this week on a very special edition of the ODPH Podcast. My name is Ken M. And joining me in studio, I have to give a little backstory about this guest. Because we have been trying to do this episode for about eight months now. And the backstory behind it is, if you've been listening a long time of the ODPH podcast, and thank you so much for doing such, we'd like to interview musicians that are local, that we play on the show, that we actually play outside of the show, that we're really excited to have on. And one of those musicians is the one only Tyler Reed from Second Suitor. And when Tyler came in, he was talking, he was going on tour in the beginning of the year around February, March, and he was bringing along one gentleman with him. And he was really hyping up about a show that he was playing on Valentine's Day. It was a very, very great show, by the way. So I went down to attend it. I actually ran into Tom and Jim from Floodlands. Shout out to those guys. And right at the start of the show, the opening act kicked in. And I hate saying opening act because he was a damn headliner, him and his band. Absolutely blown away by the performance. One of the best live shows I have seen. And the minute it got done, Tom from Floodlands goes, Do you know Tom Jolu? And I said, I've never met him. He goes, you do now. Literally grabbed me as Tom just got off stage. And he goes, Tom, Ken, Ken, Tom. He does a podcast. He does great music. Make it happen. <laughs> and immediately we started talking and his music stands for himself. We have been trying to do this episode for so long. I am so, so excited to finally get in studio. The one and only Tom Jolu. Tom, what is going on? Oh, not too much. It's it's another beautiful day, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming through the show. No problem. So we are going to start doing some questions and get you really familiar. If you're not familiar already, you can find out all about Tom on ochoduroparlayar.com slash music. We have all his social media links on, but you definitely want to hear the story of how he's come up. It's a great story. So, Tom, let's just jump right in. Growing up, how did you get into music? How I got into music? It was, let me see, it, it's so hard. It's so long ago. Yeah. No, <laughs> no uh, how I got into music, I, my brother had a guitar uh, just hanging out in our closet, and I was like, this is neat. I like this. I like all this. And my brothers, I have a bunch of older brothers. They're all at least 10 plus years older than me. And I was, I was listening to uh, everything my sister was listening to, which at that day, it was 90s pop, which... I will never rag on. I still love it. Oh, you can't escape it. I, it just it haunts you. Yeah, it, it, it feels good. I don't care. It's not. It's not even a guilty pleasure. So I would listen to that. But my brother, my first album that my brother gave me, it was a uh, Smash by Offspring. Oh, excellent album. And I was like, oh, there's more. There's more than just this. What? What? What more? Give me. So I just asked for anything they could give me, and then he just gave me. Nevermind, uh, In Utero, and all that stuff. And that's kind of how I started getting into stuff, just music myself. And I listened to that, listened to everything that anyone would give me that my siblings would. And then the big thing, big thing that got me saying, hey, I want to do music for this, is uh, ACDC. Oh, excellent. That, that was like, all right, let's do this. So Yeah, so just growing up at that time, it's just, you're, it sounds like you're getting exposed to a little punk rock, a little, I say classic rock. I hate saying that talking about ACDC, I, but I mean, they're, they're so timeless, though, I mean, for yeah. their sound. And just getting so much different exposure coming from, you know, virtually out of nowhere, just like it's all kind of getting absorbed into one. Yeah, it was definitely, I was given everything. My brother is super into Dave Matthews. I listened to a little bit of that. It's all right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just, it's not my, it's not my thing. But um, pretty much I was given everything my older siblings had. And that's just how I grew up, which was great because it's given me so many pots to get. Like nowadays, it gives me a lot of pots just to come from. 
and I don't really discriminate music-wise, wh- whether it's metal, folk. I take from all the pots. Well, you definitely want to because, I mean, music is just not defined by one genre. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, there's so much to learn from different types of music that you can implement to make your own sound. Yeah. And I definitely hear that when I hear your music, too. I mean, it's just, it's very hard to describe, which I, I'm going to get into a little bit later in the show because you have something <laughs> on your Facebook page that I think is just amazing of a quote. So I, I'd like to want to tease that for a little okay. bit later. Okay. But now I'm curious. Yeah. So with that being said, I mean, obviously you got the influences, a little bit of punk, a little bit of rock. So when you, what would you say was your like first musical instrument and how did you about going playing and adapting that to your playing? So that first instrument was again, the, the acoustic guitar, my brother stopped playing in the closet. So I just started playing that and just messing around. Didn't know what I was doing. Obviously no one really knows what they're doing when they're first playing guitar or anything. Right. But, uh, so there was that, and my dad said, I'm sick of hearing you not doing well, so we're getting you lessons. So that was the first thing that I started playing. Okay, and then do you remember the first song you learned? Oh, God. Um, what was the first song? You would say, like, you really felt you knew. Uh, let me see. What's the name of it? Um, wow, this is so long ago. Um... Well, there's so many different genres. I mean, I'm no, sure no, no. it just kind of blends it, it, there. It's a, it's oh, Beverly Hills by Weezer. Duh. Oh, okay, Duh. excellent. I've, I, my head was thinking Hollywood Hills. But I'm like, no, that's not the right name. I, you know, because when they shoot the video, it's all Hollywood, so yeah. it's like it takes you a second to realize. Yeah, I do the same thing about that. Yeah, because it's, it's just Weezer, and I mean their videos, especially when you connect those, it's like it always throws a curveball. Yeah, that was the very first song I tried learning. Um, I tried learning. Uh, come as you are, but I, when I was young, I didn't really understand how drop D worked. Okay. And I was like, how how does this work? So then I tuned everything weird, and then I asked my brother to help me. He's like, well, I messed it up. <laughs> Just like when my, when I would play uh, video games, like I messed it up. You you fix this. Right. But that's how you learn. So it was yeah. just going through the, the I want to say the growing pains of becoming a musician because yeah. obviously though when you're starting to play it's like you're just falling in love with the fact that you can do music and, yeah. and really kind of see where that takes off. And then when did it really hit you like that you've been playing now just learning the instruments is like the next step is usually I want to form a band. So when did that hit you and like you want to describe how that was? So it actually started off I played started playing that acoustic guitar and then about I say couple months in, I was saving up money, all my money from chores, anything I could do for an electric guitar because I wanted one like so bad. And I got it. And my best friend at the time, well, still my best friend, uh, he plays drums. And I was like, hey, 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 Pat, hey, Pat, <laughs> uh, let's do a band thing. He's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's, we don't know what we're doing. And it was just, it was so bad, but it was so great. I loved it. I love just, just learning, playing, figuring out what we're doing and how to be in a band was was great. What was the name of the band? Everyday Bombshell. Okay. Very cool. We were metal. Oh. Well, we, we did our best to be metal. <laughs> right. But, I mean, obviously going in and just you're finally in a band and you finally are feeling about playing music and just, the, you know, the energy that comes with that. I mean, yeah. it's got to be very addicting. It was, yeah, so playing in the basement by ourselves, that was great. That was just playing off other people learning how to play with other people was great that in itself and then our very first show it was it was a battle of the bands in high school and that at, once i did that i'm like yeah no i'm sold i want to do this there was right there in the moon it's like yeah okay we're do, we're gonna figure out how to do this for ever so in that mood you're just like okay this i'm locked in did you did you win the battle of the bands no <laughs> <laughs> no but we did our best 
Hey, well, that's what so that's, exactly. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, those competitions are just kind of see when you're finally in front of people and just getting the reaction. And yeah. I mean, that that's more of a win than anything than getting a trophy or a prize yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. And it's just going from there. It's like, okay, well, we're in this now. Where are we going to go from here? Yeah, and that that's where that's where we started. And I've been in so many bands since then. So why don't you talk to us about a little bit of like your early formations of other bands? So obviously this one was just a high school band and just yeah. kind of going from there and then the next progression. So that one was Everyday Bombshell. That one lasted longer than I thought it would, but it did. It lasted and it was it was we did our best and it was great and it was a fun a lot of time that we did. Then we moved on I moved on to another band. It was kind of a, a hard rock band called Sunset Surrender. But okay. During that band I was also in two other bands uh, i played bass in a band called ruby may and then i also played in a cover band i played bass in that to make money okay um that was a fun band weird weird stuff what what did you guys cover just uh, was it, it was it a tribute band or was it just so a normal cover band it was uh my guitar teacher at the time his, it was his band it was 80s cover band like hair metal and stuff okay like that. so we played that and yeah it was great i i i loved it i also liked getting paid a lot that was nice but either way, <laughs> it, it was like, oh, th- we could do this. But um, got paid, got pl- and playing just a lot of experience with this, playing with different musicians and different aspects of it. Um, and but I still wanted to be in a band. Like I want to write the music. And then eventually, after all those bands kind of pooped out, um, one way or another, I was in a band with uh, Tyler Reed. Okay. Second suitor, our our band. Uh, it was his, it wasn't his first band, but it was. Uh, but we knew each other for a long, long time, and our first bands played together. We played in a Lilac Night. Okay. And so I played guitar in that band. And we, I, we stayed in that band for six years, something like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, especially for being at a young age too. Yeah. No, I um I think we our last show with that band was 2017. Okay. But I, that's when I started doing Tom Joe Lou a little a little more seriously right because at that point is you're starting to kind of just grow your musical wings i mean obviously you've been in a couple bands as you you touched upon and each one adds something different to the repertoire yeah so it's almost at that point you're like okay well i like doing this i like doing that i like doing you know some other things but now i feel that i really want to step out and really carve my own niche so to speak yeah and then obviously doing lilac night for six years as you said which i mean that's just i mean so impressive too is you get to the situation, it's like, okay, this is great, but I want to do something else. Yeah. And I mean, I was already from 2011 on, uh, I started, I was doing Tom Joe Loop, but I was doing it as a side project, just do, just playing acoustic, just, you know, by myself, making songs and then putting them on the internet just for fun. Um, and then once Lilac Night, once 2015 roll, rolled around, Lilac Night wasn't dying then, but it was, um, it was at that point where I was like, all right, I want to start being in a band with this and doing things and it that those first iterations kind of fell through and I was that's okay it's fine but then 2017 I I really wanted to take Tom Joe Lou seriously again so I I started it by myself again doing a one-man band folk band okay and uh started that but again it just it was a lackluster in the 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 person-to-person the folk scene is nice and I like it, mm-hmm. but it, it's, uh, I love lyrics. I love listening to lyrics, hearing them. Um, but I wanted that visceral, uh, cathartic experience that you get in a rock band. So that's when I started doing 
uh, Tom Jolie again as a full band. So it was almost like a sense that you try, you test it out, and you really like it, but you're not exactly sure what direction you want to go in. So yeah. it's like you kind of go, okay, well, let me try this as a side project. But the more you start dabbling into that, the more you start feeling more. I don't want to say ownership of it, but it's almost it is because when you go and it's so much pure and from yourself that you really are like, okay, this is what I really feel. I, this is my music, and this is what I really am feeling more so than what I'm collaborating with. Even though I still that is my music. Yeah. It's just a matter of, okay, but this is more me, and this is more the reflection I want to give out to the world. Yeah. All right, that makes perfect sense to me. And then, obviously, you said you're very big into folk and the songwriting aspect. Like, what do you think gravitates you towards that? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sad man. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I, I really gravitate towards sad songs. Those are it, it, something that can make you feel. Like, you, you can feel in the pit of your stomach, wow, just... Th- whatever the person's feeling and you can that in in songwriting that is something that really makes me gravitate towards it um but really anything any i don't just see it in folk i see it and there's a hard there's a hardcore band i love uh every time i die their lyric uh keith is an amazing lyricist uh and it it's again it's a visceral it you can feel it you can feel his anger his pain his anguish and you can feel it coming. It just that's what I kind of gravitate towards. So that's what gravitated me towards folk in general because you can really they slow it down, and if you're not really paying attention, you you hear what they're saying because the musician uh, the music is so sparse. Okay. So no, that makes perfect sense. So the, at this point, though, to recap the timeline, so you've been doing Lilac Night now. It's 2017. So this is like where you're really kind of making the transition into. Tom Jolu, the artist, yeah, and really kind of starting off the acoustic set. So why don't you kind of guide us through where it happens next? So I was doing, I was doing the, the folk for a bit. I even did I did a tour with Second Suitor uh, when we were both just solo projects. We did a not cross country. We were trying for cross country, but we couldn't get anything in Cali. So we started from Minnesota and just went east. And we we did a couple tours. I did a tour by myself, and I did that and just as myself as a one-man folk band and it was just it was nice it was I, I loved it but again it was just not what i was feeling like i i felt i needed more and uh but i was doing that i did the one ep and then i did uh jonah and that again was by myself that was it felt good but it just there was so much instrumentation in the album you've heard yes so i was just missing that Yes, because at this point, too, you've already released a couple EPs out, Hypocrite in, in June of 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that one. And Josephine in 2015. Yeah. And then What Are You Striving For in 2017? But then Call Me Jonah was your album that I would really say just as a listener, that I think that really kind of broke you through. Like yeah. you, you can really hear the growth on that album and just where the direction and change has been. Which yeah. I'm not saying in, in, in a negative no, sense no, no, by no. any means, but just the evolution of an artist. Like you can actually hear that from when you go through the progressions of this. Yeah. And to see where it is at this point, too, I think is a great way to take a segue because we're going to actually go play another Tom Jolu song. So definitely hit up, up on the hashtag, hashtag Tom Jolu. Let's just put that out there and make some noise with that because this is one of my favorite songs off Call Me Jonah. It is called Sideshow. You are listening to the ODPH featuring Tom Jolu. Sitting at 
the bar, beer in hand As you come up to me, sir, about your ex-man If I was him, I would've left you too
That was Sideshow from Call Me Jonah by the one and only Tom Jolu. You are listening to a special edition of the ODPH podcast with Tom Jolu in studio. So the last segment we were talking about is early upbringing and music and kind of what gravitated him towards the artist that he is now. So at this time period, we are at where Call Me Jonah came out in 2018. So why don't you take us from here to where we are now? All right. So Call Me Jonah, that was a fun album, but that was the very last album I did completely by myself. Um yeah, actually, there's a fun story, and it's not really fun. It's more or less, uh, so it was, I loved doing that album. It was almost done. We were at the last little bit. That was the first album, actually, I uh, had Phil in it, uh, Phil the saxophone player in the full band. Um, I had him play during for False Prophet, and so that same day, it was uh, the guy who was, I was recording with, uh, Mark, wonderful guy, uh, but it was he lives in the, in the middle of nowhere, and my car... Well, it, it bit the dust. There was a lot of ice on the Oh, jeez. Well, they're living in the Northeast. Yeah, we were yeah. used to this, but. Yeah. It, it was, I was, it was, because it wasn't even a hard bump. It was just, you're going, you're going. Okay, cool, awesome. Going 15 miles an hour, just trying to go slow, just trying to get there, make a turn. Can't make a turn, realize you're going straight. It's like, all right, well. Then I just saw him going 15 miles an hour. I saw the pole. I'm like, we're, we're going to hit it. And it's fine. So, but hit it. And then I was like, whatever. Guy towed my car. And I'm like, all right, we got to go to the session. We got to finish the session up. Oh, jeez. But that's so, dedication, though. Yeah, but that was a uh, we finished. Uh, what was the song? We finished "Let It Go" on that song on that session, and that was like the last of the bit of the whole album. That's crazy. But I mean, that's just. I mean, that's uh, you know, an easy way to kind of tie up the album too. I mean, just how much dedication you were, especially at that time. I mean, coming off an ice storm, which, like I say, unless you live in the Northeast of the United States, you really don't know how severe these things are. Yeah. And these are absolutely wild times with that. Yeah, but uh, so pretty much from then, I did Call Me Jonah, and then I just, that was that was a little bit of a whirlwind of a, of a year, because uh, stuff started getting weird financially for me, because um, I was working a lot. Uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, I released Call Me Jonah, and I wanted to do a release show, but I wanted to do it with a full band, so I, I c- contracted some friends I knew, and... That was kind of how the band started. Well, bits and pieces of it started. So when you start contracted friends, do you want to mention of like who comprised the band? Yeah. So the, the guitarist, the original guitarist was James, uh, the guitarist that we have now for uh, Tom Jolu. Uh, Tyler Reed from Second Suitor, he played bass. Uh, the guy who engineered and produced everything, uh, he also was a drummer. So I had him play drums for that album for that release and let me see who else so it was me da, 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 da. oh and it was just me so it was just us four and we just did the whole thing it, and i realized after that show it i missed like it just it it hit me in the gut how much i missed playing as a full band 
So, but I, I set that aside for a bit. So you set it aside, even though you kind of got a little taste again too, because yeah. I mean, obviously you've been doing now for a couple of years, if I'm doing my math right, about just doing the solo acoustic bit yeah, and really kind of honing your own voice. And then it's, once you start getting other musicians involved, you're kind of like, wait, this sounds so much better with this. It's still me, but I can definitely hear where like this would sound like so much, you know, more of a reflection of what I'm trying to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's how that started. And then eventually during that summer, I just kind of said, okay, I want I want to do a full band. So that's when I started looking for looking for people, looking for friends, looking for someone to to join the band. So that's that's what I did. Um, so James, I I had him come back on, and he was more more than willing to come on. And that's James. James Pilipovic. James Pilipovic. Okay. Uh, he plays guitar, and he he's a wonderful man. Also, great cook. Um, really interesting. Yes, he makes. Okay, I know he makes things that are better than chili, but also he makes amazing chili. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm a big chili fan, yeah. so and especially this time of year, bring it on. Oh, yeah, no, it's getting cold, so I'm like, oh, James is going to make some chili soon because we practice at his house. I'm like, come on, come on, waiting for the chili. <laughs> right on, right on. So we had him and then um, went through a couple bases, but eventually we found uh, Connor. We found Connor Mitchell. Okay. Uh, I was working at the, at the mall. At a watch. Okay. Uh, uh, what's the at a watch place? Watch place. Yeah, I was at, working at a watch place. We'll go with that. And him, he played in bands in the area, and we, we played, and he's like, hey, that band just broke up. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a bassist. What's up? So oh, it's like just, you know. It just happened. Just It was, it was a very uh, serendipitous moment. Right on. Yeah. I mean, that's, but sometimes that's the best way it happens, and it feels so much more organic. Yeah. No, it was great, and then he, he came on and – he wasn't the uh, original second member, but eventually I found him. Uh, yeah, we'll go with him. Okay. And then we'll go uh, with Matt, Matt Ebers. He w- plays drums, and he is a wizard. He doesn't just look like a wizard. He is a wizard. All right. <laughs> um, but found him. He he expressed w- the want to, to play drums because he did a uh, – a, what was it? It was, it was a YouTube series for a bit. It was a – True Folk TV. Okay. And I was doing folk at the time. And he's like, hey, I'm a drummer. If you ever want to do a full band at some point, what's up? So it just kind of seems like at this point, everything's just falling into place that you're just having, you know, okay, now that I'm fully committed to doing a full band, I'm getting musicians that are just flocking to me. Kind of like yeah. a weird, like, you know. It, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a weird thing. It, w- it was it's kind of like, um, you know, your, your vibe hits your tribe. Yeah, so it's and, perfect way to put it. Yeah, and we're all just very the same mindset on a lot of things, and and we have our weird ways about us, but we're it's very we we click very well as as human beings, and then, so we did that, and then we started playing, started practicing. I had two hours worth of material, so they had a lot to learn. <laughs> so so I, I I I don't envy them for that task, but also I applaud them so much. Because at this point, too, did you ask, add Phil as a saxophonist? Phil was not in the band yet. Okay. He was going to be he, – he, I played in bands with him before. Actually, I was playing off and on in a band. I forgot about this band. But I would play in Animate the Apple. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'd sit in as a guitarist and just hang out and play guitar, and he was a saxophone player for that band. So me and him – and we went to high school together. We actually played against each other in the the Battle of the Bands. In that really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a weird, like, tying it all back together. Yeah, it, it was fun. We've known each other for years, and so eventually we were like, all right, 
I have three songs left over that I didn't use for Call Me Jonah. I want to record these, but I want to record them live. Um, so what we did, we set up a space and with uh, a friend of ours, Michael Mecha, okay. from uh, Abandoned Studios in JC. Okay. And like, hey, let's just let's just record this, and we all those all those tracks except for Phil, and our friend, a trombone player, Justin, is straight up just uh, live. All, all to a click track live, and this is on the album when life gives you lemons. Have a party. Yeah, that's on, that's on that EP. Okay, so, so Phil Hazen, the saxophonist, and Justin Miller, the trombone, are not on this project. They they are not full time members. Okay, but Phil played okay. in, in all the songs, and so did Justin played in two of the songs. Okay, just a clarification. Yeah. So is this where I touched upon this last segment? But is this where the term Parlor City Rock and Roll came? Uh, cut. It, it came along when, when uh, Drunk Tom came along, and I was like, Parlor City Rock and Roll, that sounds so great. I'm going to write that down. That's amazing. No, that's, I mean, because that is a perfect way to describe your sound, too. And like I say, you can kind of really hear it on this, because When Life Gives These Lemons Have a Party is like the album like you're touching upon that you've been recording. And you can just hear, especially when the live songs are on there, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, pretty much we try to credit ourselves as a very live band we are straight up like we prefer playing live and prefer because it's again me everybody else it's a very visceral feeling it's very you're connecting i love connecting with people that way because you get them to move get them the groove so that's what i like to do yeah and and definitely reflects that in your music too like one thing i will say is you have such a wide discography uh, stuff that you can find live versions of a lot of your recorded stuff too, and you can definitely hear the crowd in it. Like I, which I know everyone's like, well, it's a live recording. Of course you could, but you can definitely hear just like how tight you're playing with them, and you can definitely feel like you're in the room with them, and just like that kind of different connection. Because there's one thing to hear when you hear a studio version of an, a song, it's like, yeah, okay, I really connect to that. But it's like when you're there live and you can actually feel it. Yeah, like you can definitely hear that on your live stuff. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, no, absolutely. Because, I mean, that's one thing that you can definitely tell on when life gives you lemons, have a party. And I know that you have a good mix of like, you know, a live song here and some other different uh, versions of the songs. But even like when you start going into B is for B's and A is for acoustic. Yeah. Which, I mean, you want to break that down for us. Oh, so those ones pretty much we uh, the plan for those was just to release a a live album. But um, uh, so we had a bunch of because Matt is really good in the habit of just recording as many of our sets as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, because we like, again, we're a pretty tight live band and we have different iterations of all the songs and we have acoustic versions of rock and roll songs and we have um, uh, rock and roll versions of songs that are originally recorded acoustic. So we like to, we wanted to showcase those two in A is for acoustic and B is for B's. The name for B is for B's. I just wanted to call it B for B is for B's. If we're gonna be honest, yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. That's fair enough. I mean, because yeah. once you see the cover too, it, it's always cool with like the little like kid letters. Yeah, I always think that's so clever about that. But it, it those are and there's gonna be more. It's it's not just like those two. We're we're gonna record a lot of. We have a, again, we have a bunch of live recorded songs that aren't even on those, um, and they're gonna be on everything else. So they'll, they'll be they'll, you'll see those in the future. But we're going to release an album before that. That's very cool. So let us just jump into another Tom Jolu song. Now, since we're talking live music, I was actually going to play the song at the end of the show because I think it's so amazing to hear live, but I can't even wait. <laughs> no pun intended because the song is called <laughs> Wait, and it is off the album B for Bees. 
So, Tom, why don't you give us a little background about this? The background of this song is it's it's not a Tom Joe Lou song originally. Oh, okay. It's um so one of the bands I I was mentioning before band I love being in I love playing in it um Ruby May, so I played bass in that band and I made the music for at the later part of that band I started playing making a lot of the music and the singer wrote all the lyrics. So this song was actually half written by me. So I wrote the music for it initially, and then a good friend of mine, Adrian Todorov, wrote the lyrics. So this is, this is uh, yeah, that's wait for me. And you're going to hear it now live on the ODPH podcast featuring Tom Jolu.
That was the song Wait, recorded live by the one and only Tom Jolu Band. Welcome back to the special edition of the ODPH podcast featuring Tom Jolu. He's in studio. And right now we're going to kind of talk about some future plans going on because obviously he's given us a lot of music going on. A is for acoustic. B is for bees. This came out at the end of 2019. So obviously this year has been a little interesting with everything going on. So you are working on some new music. We are. So why don't you describe the songwriting process? So the songwriting process is, it's a little different than what I usually do. I usually just write the whole thing by myself. But since, you know, I have a full band, we're all together. We're all writing, creating together. Um, We've been writing since um, probably halfway through 2019. We we were writing and the process now is, I like to do this because everyone's amazing. Uh, Connor plays bass the way I've never seen anyone play bass. Like he's, He's an amazing bassist, Matt accents everything everything you don't even think he accents you're like oh wait here's a little thing i do that i only think i'm paying attention to nope he does it james is amazing what he does they're all phil oh my. and then phil okay so we didn't talk about phil getting added but no by all means take it so so here we, it, again another time where junk tom was there <laughs> uh, but me and him we played in bands together like i've said before and i was like dude because he would always sit in on, on a few songs here and there. It's like, dude, let's be in a band together. So he was like, yeah, let's let's do this. So we did it. And so he joined the band halfway through the year and started learning our songs, doing everything together. He accents everything. So Phil and James always play off each other because Phil is mainly, he does backing vocals here and there, but he, he mainly, obviously, sax is a lead instrument. You can't really do too much that James plays lead but he does a different style of playing lead he also accents off everybody else so everybody's bouncing off each other doing ideas off each other so i didn't want to do what i always do and just hey here's a fully formed song do this nerds so you're making yourself a little more vulnerable to everybody yeah it's it's been a process of opening up um but it's it's a lot of trusting and uh, trusting people for me in in my past it's been hard just Mm. to trust people just in general, but musically, like this is these are my babies. The songs are my babies. These are the things. But it it I realize that everybody is far better than I could ever imagine. So it it's time to trust some people and let people in. So I what I what I do now is I just here's the skeleton of the song. Let's do this. So with that all being said, do you notice like a, a change in growth or a change in energy with it? There's a definite change in energy. Um so my lyrics were, are, were 
still are a little bit, generally sad, and that's okay. You know, this is, this is my vent. This is whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy, smiley guy for the most part, but, you know, this is my vent. This is how I get everything out. But uh, everything now, it's there are, there are some songs that are serious, sad, whatever, but there there's that light at the end of the tunnel that wasn't there before just because I have great friends and musicians that I'm with, and, like, it's a support system. And it, it's definitely more of a positive note on things than than before where it was just hey i'm i'm real sad yeah well i mean you have that energy to balance off i mean it's just when you have more people gravitate and it's one thing to have the right people around yeah and you can see just how things change in an instant yeah you know and that's something that i can only imagine as a songwriter because it's so much of yourself and you know when you're very true to yourself and very true to the emotions you're going through in your writing to let that vulnerability happen you really have to have those people that can nurture it and really develop it too. Yeah. And obviously you have it with the band now. And can you describe a little bit about like when we might be hearing some new Tom Jolu coming out? So the goal, well, the first goal before COVID was summer. Okay. But that didn't happen. Obvious reasons. Everybody in the band kind of had a, we're all creative humans, Mm -hmm. but the the weight of everything kind of just hit us and we were all in a dead stop. Uh, The recording was done. The principal recording was done. Okay. Uh, we did the whole thing in a matter of a day. The principal recording of the whole song, of the whole album, was done. But we were, you know, kind of stuck, kind of everything was stuck. Okay. More, okay. You said stuck a couple times. It's okay. But No, but it's perfectly an yeah. easy way to describe this year <laughs> and just when everybody has plans. It's, yeah. That's a nice way to yeah. put it. The, 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 the plan was to get it done uh late june and then tour all summer but that didn't happen and that's okay uh the plan now because we're, we're pretty close to done um is probably january okay early january but I'll, if everything goes as planned uh the single should be coming out december-ish hopefully very nice. And I know you've been teasing a little bit of new music on your streaming that you've been doing. Yes. So you want to break down Tom Jolu Tuesdays? So so Tom Joe Tuesdays is kind of, that's, it started during COVID. It started, I wanted to do um, just some sort of vent because I, I play a lot. I would play at least three times a week. Mm-hmm. Even if it was like open mic or other live events, I would just, it, it's a good way to vent all the things that were coming out coming up inside and it's it's it, it's always been my catharsis so uh, i would do that once a week just because just for fun just and then so i stopped doing that for a while because it just life got a little, little hard but that's okay um no absolutely so but then i just decided no nah, i, w- I want to keep doing that i want to do that again because it just again it's good catharsis it's good i guess i don't know not content. I'm not in the game for content, but at the same time, it's like it's good for people to know. It's like, hey, this is what we're doing. Here's me teasing things. Here's me talking to you guys. I want to be friends with you. I want to be. I want to hang out with you. And here's here's me. Here's us. And it's not full band, but we're gonna do once a month live. Oh, that's very cool. Full full band deal. Yeah, because the one thing now, I mean, I know a lot more musicians are doing it is they're doing the streaming events. Yeah. And obviously that's got to be such a therapeutic release because you're so used to going out and seeing people and playing and getting that adrenaline rush from just being out there and that energy. To do it online, it's still a relief for a lot of people watching. Like I know yeah. myself included, 
it's an escape from everything going on because obviously, like we said, and I don't want to dwell on 2020, but it is what it is yeah. with everything going on with COVID being shut down and such. It is just such an escape to go there. And when you're hearing that music, you can definitely relate and get a little break into the action. I mean, obviously what you're doing on there I think is brilliant. And I think it's a new venue to get out because you get to reach more people than you would. The intimacy that you don't have at a show, you now are giving to a global audience. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just got to be a tremendous feeling for it, that. It, it does feel good, especially like, and now. I mean, we, I started it up again, but even when I was doing it, it was here and there. People would be like, hey, dude, I, I really look forward to this, man. Thanks. And, like, I get this now that people I started back up. It's like, hey, man, thanks for starting to back up. I, I really appreciate this. This is kind of like a little sunshine in my day, so I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. So I'm like, frick, oh, man, why, why did I stop? Well, it's just a lot of things that – going on in the world that you just don't realize like it's having that much of an effect on people yeah. like i know just like i personal experience with you is dmg and just the feedback we got from your plane and people were like who is this oh my and like it was such a relief for them for a lot of our twitch subscribers that they were like okay you know i need you know i needed something for a saturday night and it was perfect music for it yeah so it's just kind of venting that audience and then growing that to now People are hopefully tuning in and following you on there and seeing what you're doing next. And obviously, the anticipation for the new project is going to be definitely building up. And like I said, you've teased a little bit about it on the streams, yeah. which, I mean, everything. And, and no, Tom is not paying me to say this. It sounds amazing. <laughs> so you definitely want to make sure you're locked and loaded and for everything going on with Tom Jolu coming up in the next year. And where we go from here is anybody's guess. Yeah, that's definitely it, It's We got a new album and since we're in this digital age we don't know when we're going to start you know being able to play live again so uh i had this di idea that i've been i've been kicking around and i've seen other bands seen other artists do it um actually a band that i'm in part i'm part of it right now not me myself but i'm it's essentially an album experience it's a base basic printer they're great he's a great guy okay he was local and now he lives in tennessee great guy um but it's essentially you here's the album right it's like instead of just listening to it here's this 45 minutes 35 minutes of a thing it's playing it open and seeing uh this is a gruesome imagery but seeing the guts of it seeing why this song was done the way it was what the lyrics what it means to them and especially since this is this new album that we're making is a concept album okay it's kind of perfect for it so well that's such uh, a unique concept uh no pun intended (laughs) um so I've seen other people do that. So I think that's what we're going to do with this new release. Um, it's very much in the baby stages, trying to figure out the, the digital infrastructure. I am learning so much. Also so frustrated, but also so much learning. I love it. There's a ton of stuff to learn. Like I, I know just from personal experience, like right now it's just learning how to do recordings and, yeah. and streaming and, and all that. It, it's it, 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 it's more work than you realize, but it, once you learn it, it's like, oh, this is yeah. easy. Yeah, it's like once you like, oh, this is so neat. Yeah. Um, but learning how to stream with better audio quality because that's what I that's what I was lacking from the initial phone thing. Now I figured out how to do that, and just learning that was a day's worth of work. But once I figured it out, it's like it's like, and that's everything else is like, you, you I love learning, but uh, I love learning all the things. So it just it's this this album is gonna be a learning experience, and I hope, uh. It's going to be great for everybody that's involved that wants to sign up and do the thing. I don't know where they can sign up right now because I haven't set it up. Everything, 
I'm still working on my infrastructure, guys. Well, it, it, it'll happen. Well, the best place I think for anybody to go check is tomjolu.bandcamp.com. Yes, because your whole discography is there. Yeah, if if you wanna if you wanna know what we sound like just in general, go go there. Yes, but if you want updates, if you want anything right now, we have a website, but it's down um, because I'm working on it. But if you want to learn anything about me, us currently, uh, Facebook, I post pretty much almost every day. Uh, you you can learn anything you want about us, about me, about anything that you want to hear. Uh, just let me know. Yeah, we will actually have all these social media links for Tom Jolu in the liner notes of this podcast. So if you're not sure, click on there or just head on over to ochoduroparlayhour.com slash music. We have a whole section of Tom Jolu stuff up there right now. It's just one click, one stop shop. You can go there and get all the Tom Jolu band you can handle. And it's a lot of Parlor City rock and roll for your ears. That being said, any final shout outs before we wrap up this episode? I do have some shout outs. I'll uh, bring them on. All right. So we, I have Michael Micha. He made our latest uh, album cover. Okay. So he, he's great, great human. Uh, if you if you like what you see, whenever you're going to see it, uh, go go to him. Uh, collage cuts. Uh, Alyssa, Alyssa Micha, his wife, but also amazing photographer. Great, wonderful photography. If you need anything, go to her. Um, Tyler Reed from Second Cedar, just because he's great. I like him. Yeah, Tyler's a good dude. He, he's great. I, I miss him. Um, and a good friend of ours, good friend of mine, Josh Torrey. He's a great human. He, he's always coming to the live events, uh, the live streaming, and just always coming and being a hu- good human. Uh, I'll see you, and, uh, and I'm going to play some video games with you and later, eventually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, yeah, those are all my shout-outs. Fair enough. Tom, thank you so much for joining me on Thanks this episode. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. And when you get that new single, I definitely got to swing back by, and oh. we definitely got to do some promotion for that. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you a lot of things. Oh, I'm definitely excited for that. Like I said, the information on how to get a hold of Tom Jolo, and you definitely want to make sure you're following, is all in the liner notes of this podcast episode. And if you're not sure where that is, if you're just streaming this, hey, fear not. OchoDuroParleyHour.com slash music is where you want to go to find out everything that you need for Tom Jolu. So once again, thank you to Tom Jolu for swinging through. We are going to play another live song by Tom Jolu. The song is called False Prophet. Thank you so much for checking out the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. My name is Ken M. I will see you next time.
coat this up your best friend's car Please tell me how much of a success you are You speak truth and face my eyes Oh, lies, oh, 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 oh Point in the dirt and see the sky So bright, I so, so, so